Well, it was a blockbuster hearing on Capitol Hill today with the whistleblowers testifying. And joining us now is Kim Strassel. She is a member of the editorial board and a great writer for the Wall Street Journal. She also has an awesome new book out this week. It is called The Biden Malaise, How America Bounces Back from Joe Biden's Dismal Repeat of the Jimmy Carter Years. And boy, is it an awesome and timely book. Kim, uh, first, your reaction to the whistleblowers today. I found them really credible. Well, yeah, and it was so important to get to see them there today, Rita, because we got a couple of important things today. We obviously now know the identity of the second whistleblower. Importantly, he told the nation that he is a Democrat, and he certainly did not come across as someone, therefore, who has a axe to grind against the Democratic administration. But, you know, this was also for many Americans the first time they had seen these people talk and heard their story, because unless you're, you know, someone like me who goes and reads 300 pages of transcripts, um, you know, you might have heard it secondhand. And they came across really detailed. They came across as two people who had the same story. They corroborated each other, even in those tiny details. And they told a very damning story about a DOJ that seemed to block all of their avenues of investigation and who did not treat this case like they would any other case. You know, what was interesting, Kim Strasso, too, is that some of the big money that James Comer was asking the whistleblowers about that was never allowed to be explored, but was interesting because he said, OK, X amount of money. And wait a minute, some went to the grandkids of Joe Biden. And then whenever it came up to the big guy or Joe Biden, it was no, you can't even go there. Yeah, and one of the things that that both of these whistleblowers really pointed out was that the number of red flags that were thrown as you looked at Hunter Biden's kind of top line tax returns, right, Um, and how they just smelled a way of being fishy, Um, not just all the deductions it wouldn't take, but, you know, shell organizations, the various names of different outfits, you know. Most companies, they just operate in a straightforward way. They don't need, you know, 12 or 15 different shell companies. And that's why they were particularly frustrated that they they couldn't go and investigate not just what money was going into these places, but where it was going to in the end. The other question, of course, is they were saying, listen, we were set to do felony charges. And they named a whole bunch of different groups that basically signed off on felony charges against Hunter Biden. Walk us through what you heard there, because that was really powerful. Well, that to me is still the central issue of the moment, which is this. Um, you know, put aside the question of whether or not they were blocked from following leads that might have taken them to the White House or other Bidens. The question of the handling of Hunter's cases itself is so problematic. And it rests on that point, which is that they claim that all of the prosecutors involved in this, the top people, the people who make the decisions about where you go in the end with the evidence, they claim that they signed off on felony charges against Hunter. And that fundamentally, they're claiming that the only reason that that did not proceed, uh, at least according to U.S. Uh, prosecutor David Weiss, what he told them in a meeting was that there was uh, other attorneys appointed by Joe Biden who would not allow him to file felony charges in their district. And if that is the case, if that is real, then we already know that Merrick Garland was not telling the truth when he said politics did not play a role in this. Obviously, it played a role in this. Well, and that's why I think it's so damning, because I think clearly it looks like somebody's lying and we need to get to the truth. Where do you see this going next from an investigation standpoint? 
Well, credit to these whistleblowers. And I would point out that this has not been a fun ride for them. You know, people who are Democrats who are attacking them um, and the press that is throwing skepticism on them, you know, they don't want to be in this place. That's why one of them wanted to remain anonymous for so long. And he finally was brave enough and he came out. Um, But, you know, goodness, thanks for them. Uh, There's been enough pressure now, enough questions raised that it does appear that Prosecutor Weiss is going to at least come and speak uh, in a private interview with House Republicans uh, to try to clarify some of these big questions, because right now there are two very opposite stories being told and they can't both be true. We don't know when that's going to happen, right? Because, of course, the plea hearing is going to be next week. When is Weiss coming in? Yeah, well, and that's one of the problems. As you may well know, House Republicans did make a request of the Department of Justice. They enter into the record in that court case the information that has come from the whistleblowers. I wouldn't hold your breath that the Department of Justice is going to do that. We will have to wait and see what the judge says in this case, if they are going to sign off on this deal, given all of the information out there. Um, but I, I am concerned that that interview will not take place until after the Hunter uh, plea deal is done invested. Yeah, I think so, too. Conveniently, he's not available until uh, after that. Um, everybody, we are talking here on the Rita Cosby Show to the great Kim Strassel. Of course, you know her from the Wall Street Journal. She also is an amazing author and has written, Kim, this great book. It is called The Biden Malaise, How America Bounces Back from Joe Biden's Dismal Repeat of the Jimmy Carter. Years um, now, these guys were separated by what nearly fifty years. Uh, but you say there are some similarities, and actually, Biden's even worse. The really fun part of the book, which is it, it goes through the top line uh, comparisons between these two, which are really quite eerily similar. You know, roaring inflation, uh, high energy prices. Foreign policy debacles, uh, border disorder. Uh, by the way, Jimmy Carter had a border problem himself. Kind of fascinating. Uh, high crime, etc. But then it makes the case that that comparison, in fact, isn't really fair to Jimmy Carter, <laughs> because. If you look at Jimmy Carter, he inherited a lot of his problems, okay? And also, you know, he, he was someone that, that kind of was trying to do the right thing. He didn't manage to do that. He made it worse. But that's very different from what Joe Biden had. Joe Biden inherited a, a fabulous situation, low inflation, low energy prices. We had just become a net exporter of oil because of our fracking revolution here. Um, it, you know, on and on, the economy was in good shape. It was about to roar back after COVID. And he deliberately imposed these policies despite warnings from everyone who understood exactly what was going to happen, put all that spending out there, dumped all that regulation on companies, uh, went after his climate agenda. And that's why you see the inflation and the green energy and the the energy problems and and the foreign policy mistakes as well, too. I was just about to say, um, can you compare the two of them on foreign policy? Because, boy, I can think of a lot, especially on the Biden front. and, And there's a lot on Carter, too. Yeah. So, you know, I would say the one way that they're compared is uh, both of them kind of multilateralist, both of them, you know, caring too much about sanctions, sort of moralizing on the rest of the world. But what they didn't do and haven't done effectively is lead. Right. I mean, Biden in particular is a repeat of the Obama years. Um, You know, he likes to take credit supposedly for rallying everyone on Ukraine. 
But at the same time, it's actually been the Europeans who've led in terms of getting weaponry to Ukraine. Um, we, we keep being slow and slow and we have to be nudged into it. And then, of course, he's been absolutely terrible when it comes to leadership on issues like China or Iran. Yeah. And also uh, the whole minor incursion, you know, the the beginning of everything with Russia, too. You can make the case he gave him a green light and think about Afghanistan withdrawal. I mean, there's a lot of stuff there, Kim. Yeah, no, there there is a lot of stuff there. Um, and I, I think it's really embarrassing. We're going to have a lot of uh, ground to make up. You know, I truly fundamentally believe that we have entered a new world of disorder. And I lay a bunch of it at the feet of Biden. Um, for that Afghanistan withdrawal, which, by the way, you can draw a straight line for when that happened to when Putin began amassing his own troops along Ukraine. He clearly viewed that as a green light to take the action he subsequently did. Yeah, and I think so many people who wish to do us harm and the world harm are were looking at that moment. Everybody, we're talking to award-winning and best-selling journalist Kim Strassel, her awesome new book called The Biden Malaise. And before I let you go, Kim, your thoughts about how Biden will be viewed, especially with now all these scandals, too. I mean, you are someone who has studied presidents and your book is, of course, comparing Biden and Carter. Uh, But look at this moment, especially today with the IRS whistleblowers and these very serious allegations of big money tied to the sun with money going to all these different family members. How do you see the next few weeks playing out from a presidential perspective on Biden? I mean, this is even much more serious than than Carter years. Well, that is another point that the book makes about why this is unfair to Carter. Because, I mean, whatever you think of Jimmy Carter, whatever the mistakes he made, no one would ever disagree that Jimmy Carter was a moral man. Okay, he he was very religious. Uh, He wanted to do what was right. He might have been misguided and incompetent. Um, You know, he had some trouble with his brother. But, you know, this was not a person you would ever believe was going to be engaging in some financial corruption out of the White House. Okay, he ran on against Watergate. Um, Joe Biden, I mean, that is just it's a huge. I mean, we have a man and I think this is partly a function of the fact that he has spent, uh, you know, his entire life since the age of 29 in establishment Washington. Um, and for most of that time or uh, many years of that time, members of his family have been using the Biden name to get ahead to the point that I think that it maybe have, would have maybe became normalized. And we're beginning to get the covers pulled back on that a little bit. Um, you know, my view is whether this leads all the way up to Joe or not, uh, simply what we are finding out about Hunter's behavior and James' behavior, I think does say something about the president for the fact that he never put his foot down, right? I mean, presidents have to under, they understand from long history that their family reflects on them. Um, and not only did he never seem to do anything about it, but he actually aided Hunter, like all those Air Force Two rides, etc. Um, I find it very hard to believe he didn't know a great deal about his son's business. And, and we will see where this leads. Yeah, boy, is it fascinating for uh, people who love politics like you and I do, Kim, big time. Um, Your book is so timely. It is so important, everybody. It's called The Biden Malaise and by the great Kim Strassel. Kim, thank you. Congrats on your book, and I'm so proud of you. Thanks, Rita. Thanks so much, and I hope to talk to you soon. You definitely will, Kim. Wow. Uh, Thank you for joining us, Kim. Really powerful stuff. Ohio. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. 
In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.